0: Everybody, everybody. Uh, it's Kelly Dixon, uh, Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. Um, I didn't say that last time, huh? That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's okay. Ah, you can add no, it in. No big deal. Um, anyway, so uh, we're here talking about episode number 108. This episode is called Rico. Um, I'm here with uh, Vince Gilligan. Hello. Co-creator Peter Gould. Yowza! Uh, writer of this episode, Gordon Smith. I
1: don't have much of a follow-up for <laughs> Yowza, but I'm here.
0: <laughs> Uh, producer uh nina jack hi um who used to be uh our our first ad on on breaking bad and That's you are correct. you've gotten a big promotion and you are now back as a producer yes, well-deserved you yes. fantastic oh, you're you. you're what, what we would call an onset producer Yes. Okay.
2: But we've, and prepped as well. Yes, you should all just bow in my following now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh,
0: special guest here today, we have uh, the actor who plays Hamlin himself,
3: Patrick Fabian. Hello. And so so Nina was a first AD? She was. Well, that explains why she's so bossy. <laughs> now, now all is revealed. All clear,
0: right? Okay. I thought you okay, that was that. Good to see that. I've guys. been <laughs> out, it's great. All the information I need. <laughs> And also, I do not want to uh, uh, minimize the work done by my uh, my assistant editor, sometimes co-editor, and definitely co-host and uh, engineer on this podcast, Chris McCaleb. Hello. So uh, thanks everybody for coming. Um, this is uh, it's Saturday. Uh, the episode that's about to air in a couple of days is 105. So we're here a little bit ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But this episode is called Rico. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that. It's another O title mm-hmm. um can we can we uh kind of talk about that first and then we'll go into you know some back a little bit of back stuff how did
4: the how did the o thing happen
0: what did we talked Jello. about how the o thing well, happened, we we like happened. In, yeah it yeah.
5: started over a lunch conversation yeah we about, talked about that you know, in an earlier and, podcast yeah that's right yeah. that's yeah. where it
0: started yeah that's right we <laughs> did yeah. talk about Alfred that <laughs> Yeah. Yes. But RICO, where does that come from? Oh, where does
4: RICO in particular come from? Well, Mr. Smith, what do you, what do you say I just, to that? What you know, say I, you? I
0: should have looked up what
1: RICO stood for before coming in. But it's it's Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. It's it's basically the federal statutes that are used to bust organized crime. Um, they're often also, because of the provisions, they are used by businesses against each other who claim that, you know, people are are skirting the law, so... It's it's this, a big corrupt organizations act.
0: This is a big throw to um, uh, what uh, Jimmy and Chuck are setting up with Schweikert and his business yes. about the old folks, yeah. the 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 uh, assisted it, living. Yeah. So in the case,
1: know. the thing is, it's this came about from a conversation. My mother and my sister are both lawyers, and so we were talking about ways that this, you know stuff might, might, might go on. And my mom mentioned, she's like, you know, if, there's, if it's a, a big organization that's doing this kind of thing, and, and RICO happens to be, and, it, and it's a RICO case, which the, the, the threshold is pretty low to prove it, uh, there's like trouble damages and all these things, you should look at that as a, as a possible... Avenue, And so we started looking at that as a, it's not necessarily the, the the ground level of like what they've done wrong, but if they've done it wrong in a federal context, then suddenly things get really bad for, for people who've done these kinds of... Uh, and this is why Chuck
0: says 20 million? Yeah. Because okay.
1: you, you triple the damages, basically. Nice. You, you, there's all sorts of other things.
6: That can, can I also say I'm so glad, Gordon, that you wrote this episode. This is, this probably, this episode probably has as much legal material as anything that we did this season. Can yeah. I just say... And I'm, it was terrifying. Can I
1: just say I'm very glad. Glad that I'm related to two lawyers. Uh, big, <laughs> big shout out to your mom yes, and yes. your shout sister. To we don't want to say their names? Yes, my, my mom is sounds fake, but my mom's Jane Smith, uh, Jane Marzelli Smith, and my sister Leah Lesnar, who's a who I had a lot of contact with on this. Uh, she's a lawyer in North Carolina. They're so, real. God yeah. bless them both. They are yes, a huge, huge help. Yeah.
6: and it. we we spoke to Leah on the phone. Yeah. She she uh, she actually consulted with the writers' room a couple of times yeah. on different things. Yeah, she things. talked
1: on a couple of things. She helped uh, she's helped sort of keep us on track with some of the corporate law stuff especially like and some of the procedural things that i've i've hung out with a lot of lawyers but i'm not a lawyer so like having having them consult was really and you know before I, like.
0: before i finish it, gordon um with you um for this part i just want to i want to mention that you are are one of the success stories that came out of breaking bad you're one of the the, the Got Your Dream, you're, you're you're one of the lottery winners. You're one of us, yes. I was one of the lottery winners as well. So um, you started out, you were a graduate from USC uh, yes. Film School, and and you came in. you were a pr- production assistant mm-hmm. for us for a while, and then um, you became Vince Gilligan's assistant, and now you're a full-on I, writer. I lucked my way up.
1: Uh, I only you had slept your hit. way up. I did. I did. There's I did. no I'm, way. I've seen how talented I you slept, are. <laughs> I slept my way up. <laughs> Uh, Todd did some things for Tom that I'm not proud of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did some things for Tom that I am proud of. Really? uh, All joking aside, aside,
0: you you are an incredibly talented and talented writer. You You also, uh, while you were Vince's assistant, you were doing some uh, stuff for AMC as well. Mm -hmm some stuff on the web I know that you did like the Hank um
1: uh, I did the last like eight I I took Jenny not the blog getting, but the oh, but the uh yes. the,
0: the graphic novel I think yeah yeah I you did do that? that and you did some stuff for The I Walking Dead of, as well
1: yeah I did uh, two graphic novel interactive games for Breaking Bad I did one of those for Walking Dead um I did Story Sync for both for a while both shows for a while. Um, did some hang? We did like, oh
0: god, I can't even remember. There's like the, also oh like gales you, gales and folder. You, you, you yeah. also wrote the uh, the Brian Cranston uh, uh, Jane Jane uh, Casimir. Oh yeah, the final the fake scene oh, yeah. the, fake the fake scene for that, Breaking yeah. Bad. Yeah. yeah, right. That's right. And a
1: couple other. That's scenes how, and things. That's how that we you did. get used. We did as the an assistant <laughs> over here on Breaking Bad. I don't think Bad. it was used. It was, I mean, the great thing <laughs> I think is to have been given the opportunity to right. be like, listen, this is not, you know this is not just fetch my shoes or something like this is a really There's collaborative a lot of body environment washing involved too. <laughs> a, i think because we we actually have a fairly small staff and so you know when people are here at least this is been my feeling it's like you you guys have been very great and gracious about like sharing responsibilities and trusting the people around you it's like you didn't people didn't get in unless they sort of had something that they, they that could be could be utilized but right. then you know, once you were around, you were, you guys gave us the chance to like to do that to be to to show what we could do. That wasn't just the 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 sort of baseline. It's like, okay, you can do this. Great. Let me te- let me see if you can do this plus this other thing, and then right. hopefully it you know. And, and, leads you, you, you about, to like move on. The other
0: thing too about this place that I will say, and I mean, it just kind of as a feeder from Breaking Bad because we we have a lot of the very a lot of the same people. Is that when you hear when you have like. Some kind of idea, like this podcast, is one of those. It's it was an idea. It was just pitched, and I know that you know previous assistants on Breaking Bad had, you know, they pitched, they went and pitched ideas to Vince, and you know, and Vince said, yeah, sure, you know, and Breaking Ice know, came from did that, it. right? Breaking Ice came from that. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of I I, I know that uh, my former assistant Mel Friedman had uh, Team Science that came from that, yes, and
4: and then uh, Breaking Ice, Sheridan,
0: Satella, yeah, Williams, and... I, you know, and and just so like. You know, um, the basically, Better Call Saul website.
6: Mm. The, the whole Better Call Saul website was that for me.
0: Oh, really? Right. You pitched really? the Better Call Saul website? I didn't know that.
6: Some, I think so, maybe. I, I, <laughs> I Bob, Bob and I, Bob, and I, wrote, now. Bob and I wrote it. <laughs> Bob and I wrote it. Bob and I wrote it. So it must have happened somehow. I think I begged for. It. I don't know if I pitched it. I begged it. I begged for it. Let's say that. Okay.
4: Yeah.
7: yeah. But it's just it.
0: like yeah, it's just a, just like you said. It's a really collaborative uh, office, and um, I think that. My feeling is that when people get excited about the show, um, they start to think of other things and then they just come to you events and you're like yeah, sure, try it. See what Rouse me
4: out of my drunken stupor. And <laughs> <laughs> sort of take my, my limp left hand and sign my name and various documents. I got,
7: I got very
1: good at that. Very good at that. Just the, other like, thing, uh, the other thing
0: I will say as well, and I've I've told other people who, you know, have a have a chance to come work here or, you know, maybe um are thinking about applying, you know, to for certain jobs or something like that here. It's like it's almost like this place is is so very collaborative and inclusive. It's like and I've always said on other things, I've always said that that makes a better show yeah. because um, when you include other people in the in other like most most shows um, are, are very exclusive. you know uh, people from camera department are never in the editing room or writers are never in the editing room or you know when people get into other offices and they see how the show how parts of the shows that they don't really have anything to do with, how that happens, then it makes their job um you know they they just come to their job in a, in a better way and
1: yeah, I think it's also it's it's you know everyone really trusts the team mm-hmm. I think, and you you know that you can lean on the people around you and then they can lean on each other and it's I don't know I've always sort of felt like it's you, you know that you're not just sort of struggling to make your yourself heard but you don't want to let down the other members of the team you know it's, it's a, it is really a team sport and so it's like I, I would never have been able to do half the things that I, I did as an assistant or even now without like the support of like joey and and jen and our, our support team and our, mm-hmm. our staff so and like and especially jen and i worked together for years so it was very
0: important I and think, i also want to thank you because before you you know while you were vince's assistant you basically were helping us produce this podcast that's true. A lot of the of the last layer seasons, I think, of the podcast was they were entirely scheduled by you, and I want to say thank you for that. My pleasure as well. Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> and now I get to come Jen and, and Joe doing. That. Yeah, now yeah. Jen and Joey are doing. Eat it. Eat portos. It's good times. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Although anyway. I will
1: say I weigh more overbought portos. I would come in with like boxes of like sixty dollars worth of pastries, and we'd eat like three. And yeah. now they, I think they've they've kind of fi- figured out what the balance is of how much. It's pastry much more we reasonable. Need. It's now, much more yeah. reasonable. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So, uh, sort of uh, a a little bit of deviation from that. Um, before we start this, um, I want to talk to Patrick Fabian. You I want are, to hear from this handsome so-and-so. Yes. You're here as yes. a, this is your um, this is your first, uh, I guess, your first podcast. It but is, um, so be gentle. But I be will gentle. absolutely. But <laughs> but it's funny. I just want to mention that um, that you were one of the first people that I met. Um, Chris and I went over to Albuquerque while Vince was shooting the pilot, and Chris and I had lunch with you. Right. Um, and it was just it was great, you know, meeting you at that point. And I remember one of the things that you said to us was. That uh, one of the I guess one of the first scenes that you guys were shooting was the the conference room scene, yeah. Where Bob comes in and says, "You must atone," or you know, like, yeah. Yeah, for, he says. first day of work. And I remember, I remember uh, Patrick was talking to Chris as we were eating lunch, and he said, "Um, uh, I, I Vince came in and he arranged crumbs of pastry."
3: Oh my god, yeah. Danish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, it's it, it, you know it's it, it's the first day. That, it's my first day in the job. Vince has written it. Vince is directing it.
4: I co-wrote it. Co-wrote, oh, is you, is it, co-wrote it. Yeah, uh, yeah, par- yeah Pardon yeah. me. Pardon uh, me. No, me, no worries. Me no worries. Yeah, yeah.
3: And uh, all I know for sure is that like, there's two cameras staring down the conference table at me. We're shooting my way first, so we can save up for Bob, which is which makes sense. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, I, I've I've gotten the job. I've auditioned, and you know, I'm there and everything else. And I knew I was going to be in this position, but I'm there, and all of a sudden, it just starts to get a little hot in my neck, and I get a little, a little sweaty, a little dry mouth. I'm just like, okay, here it comes, and. And uh, Bob comes in, and I do my line, and da 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 and we hear cut, and then Vince comes walking in, and uh, I'm not going to try and throw Ray Seahorn under the bus, because I'm sure she's already done it <laughs> herself. Because her, she shares a bit of uh, neurotic craziness with me, and so they yell cut, and we both look at one another, and I'm like, uh-oh, he's going to come talk to me. And she's like, no, no, he's going to come talk to me. <laughs> and, and Vince comes in and like looks at a pastry and like gives it like a quarter turn, and then walks away. <laughs> And we both look at one another. And later on, we're both like, okay, we're in good hands. And he might be a little crazy. (laughs) Just so you know, I never
4: talk to the meat puppets.
6: (laughs) It's it's, You know, our our choice was really to make the show about pastries
3: more than anything else. Well, you know, Ray actually told me this one time, too. She came to me and she said... um, She goes, look, Patrick, I'm not accusing you of being the type of actor who might wait to turn it on until the camera's really close to you. And uh, she said, but just know if they get what they need and it's a wide and it's behind you, they'll move on. So I was like, so what are you saying exactly? She goes, I would suggest that in case you are the kind of actor who waits to turn it on until the camera gets close to you, to turn it on from day one.
4: (laughs) Well, you you are not that kind of actor, though. You are you are you you and Ray and everybody. You guys are you guys fit into the family right from the minute you walked on the set, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just and it's such a pleasure to. Uh, and you guys give hundred and ten percent with every angle, even if it is behind your back and, and whatnot. And 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 you guys are we're so lucky to have you on the show. Wow, are so it's, lucky. It's,
3: it's fun to be on it. You know, it's just nice. It's nice to the new kids in the block. You know, I've been asked a lot about like what's it like, and uh, you know, uh, and, and I said, well, the good thing is, is you know, because there's, uh, you know, like you were saying, Gordon and Kelly, the idea of like, people in the family have matriculated up through it. It is very much a family on, really? uh, on all sides of the camera. So, you know, Ray and I very much felt like the, the new kids sliding in, but you slid into a place where people already knew one another and people knew how to, how to talk to one another. And I think more importantly too, in a practical way of work, because I've certainly been on pilots before, yeah. Where it's a startup for everybody from the word go, and it yeah. feels like a shotgun, and any sort of nervousness or pressure that you may have really gets amplified. And that's when you start to discover, you know, who can handle that or not. And yeah. and more often than not, the storytelling will suffer, you know, or performances will suffer, or something will fall off the beam because of those extraneous factors. And here we didn't have that, because there was already a, a common language and people were able to go ahead and, you know, figure it out. So it really felt great for Ray and I to come in and be welcomed and, and feel like, you know, again. And you know the crazy man's moving the Danish. We're in good hands. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, I'm
0: I'm curious because you know I've never asked this before. Um, I'm curious about how it is from an actor's standpoint to come into this. Like, how early were you? How early before you had to be um, on set were you? Did you get the part? How early did you get the script? How how much did they tell you? About what Hamlin is about and who he is. How much did you want to know? You know things like that. Uh, you, you, okay. I'm uh, putting this, you uh, on the spot. No, no, no. <laughs> as soon as you say that, immediately I do.
3: Uh, it's, it's even after twenty some years in, in the business. Uh, it's immediate like uh, actor self-deprecation, crazy talk, right? <laughs> I'm like, what answer is the, is the best? What makes me look like the smartest, most on the nose actor? But the fact of the matter is. You know I get asked this all the time that you know somebody asks like oh when Vincent Peter approached you for the role and I'm like well that's funny that's not exactly how it works you know <laughs> I was like this works like it's worked for me all the, all along you know you, you know, somebody calls on your on your behalf uh bialy thomas casting you know decides to uh, give me a shot I show up and, and quite honestly um, you know it was the prequel to breaking bad so I got the appointment and I was thrilled of course but in the same respect I thought Well, they can have anybody, you know what I mean? On a very practical level, and it's not not an ego thing, it's just a matter of like, you have your pick of the litter, so this is a great appointment, but I haven't seen Biala Thomas in a while, and they cast The Walking Dead, maybe I can get a three-episode arc on that. It's really sort of the mindset going in, which which is a true benefit, because uh, it answers your question sort of directly. you know, I got like everybody else, I got three pages of sides, they were blind, there was no script attached to them, and they were dummy sides, and so therefore... Yeah.
0: Dummy sides meaning that they were Dummy sides really meaning that there the was no, uh, they,
3: they they existed in space, they floated in space, it was three pages of, uh, you know, no backstory, uh, a limited breakdown character. Were
0: they actually Hamlin? They weren't even Hamlin. No. They weren't even
3: Hamlin. Yeah. They were, they were, they were made oh, up. you not know this? Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I, so no, I oh, as a matter of fact, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I get these sides, and, um... And I come down to my wife, and, and I start going on this, this, this sort of tear of like, you know, how do you expect me to audition for this? I don't know what this world is. I don't know what's coming yeah. before after. Yeah. And, and I started to get really sort of freaked out about it. I was like, oh, my God, you know, uh, it's, it's, like, it's like putting me on a merry-go-round with a dart and putting a target 50 yards away. And so I went on this whole diatribe. And, and this is, and by the way, this is why you get married, folks. My wife listened and heard me all out, and she goes, well, well, isn't that nice? What a nice change of pace. You get to go ahead and make it up and use your 20 years of talent and do whatever you want. And I'm like, well, that's not That's awesome. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, not co-signing my bullshit. <laughs>
0: that's yeah. awesome of her to say something like that. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. You marry that girl, What right? does she do? Yeah, what's the writer-director? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs>
7: yeah. So I, I go awesome. chew my
3: cut, and, and, I, and, I, and I take that approach. And, and, and it isn't to say that I was not thinking I could get the job, but uh, it really was, I think of, I think of any auditioning, uh, as not necessarily the job at hand, but the job down the line, uh, the people who are meeting in the room. Okay. And that includes, that includes v- Vince Vincent Peter, you know, I'm, I'm confident what I can put down for them, but it may not be what they're, what they're looking for. You know, it may just be off left and the other guy hits it dead center. And you, uh, at least for me, you know, being around as long as I've been around, it's that idea of like, you gotta learn to accept that. So when it does hit dead center and you happen to line up, that's great but I can't take that too seriously because then I'm going to have to take it too seriously if I'm not right. And then it becomes that weird personal yeah, thing that yeah. you get into your head trip about. You know, I do what I do to the best of my abilities and hopefully it matches up with what they're looking at on the other side of the table. And then eventually, then we can all run off to the races because then we can write for one another and act for one another and start to really get in a groove. Yeah. yeah. It, you it know, was it's, dead, dead that's center
1: well when we saw it in the room. Oh, did oh, it work? Like, no, yeah, absolutely. Dead, like we saw absolutely. it and it was like, there were people who were... Playing up the douchiness of the the dummy sides or doing something and it was just it was this it was charming but also kind of like a little douchey it's okay it was so well balanced that we all kind of stopped and went that guy is really great let's oh, yeah. like do you yeah. remember yeah. What yeah. The, out. do you
0: it, remember what the scene was Peter? And, I know excuse me Peter it, it was Gordon.
1: similar it was like a corporate guy who was basically firing an employee oh. did you um, write
6: the dummy sides?
1: I didn't Heather wrote the dummy sides oh name. that's what Heather I mean, Marion yeah. and she did, she, did okay. she did a great job she did a great job and you
6: know one of the things that really struck me I think struck all of us about about what you did, you know, with your 20 years of uh, acting, although you seem too young to have been <laughs> Good acting for Good 20 answer. years, was you weren't judging the character. You know, when we say you know douchey or not douchey, mm. it's, the thing is, uh, you kind of you don't want to you don't want to have the, the you don't want to have the performer put uh, a judgment on, on the character. You just want to be the character, and and it's it's so often I think, and it's it's partially a product of. of uh, uh, Lazy storytelling, maybe uh, in show business, where everybody kind of knows as soon as the uh, the character walks in where they fit into the world of the show, and they wanna they want you they want to know right away. We we were more interested in this guy as a as a person, and I remember one of my first memories was actually at the read through, uh, and you have a, you have a line in episode one where you're more or less saying to Jimmy, uh, listen to your heart. You know we can, yeah, we, yeah, can yeah, we can we yeah, can get yeah. so obsessed with with winning and. And the whole room burst into laughter, yeah. <laughs> and it was it was yeah, a beautiful yeah, moment. And I thought I knew that line amused me, but I didn't know it was funny like that. Yeah, and I, and I was I, I was yeah. so happy at that moment. And I I had no I knew you were the guy before that, but yeah, but, that's, but, that's I, I, but it was yeah. but we, we sealed the deal. But also, it's we started seeing. I think I think yeah. uh, this is I I think safe for all of us. We saw dimensions to the character once you started playing him. That I don't think we expected or, or knew about, and uh, you know, so it t- helped us to know where to take the story. Actually,
3: well, right, you know, I, I still, I, mean, I get that a lot. You know, uh, from it's that old adage in uh, like in in script detective work, at least in theater wise. You know, you, you have to you have to look at what other characters are saying about you
7: okay. to help
3: inform you sometimes. But just because they're saying things about you doesn't necessarily make them true, right? And so what that's I've gotten a lot uh, so far from fan reaction and, and whatnot is you know. Jimmy if we can start talking about this a little bit you know yeah. Jimmy refers to me as Lord Vader right out of the gates <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right and we're watching a show called Better Call Saul not called Better Call Howard and that intrinsically you have a you have a base that is running behind your protagonist and so what he says is sort of de facto accepted as truth and yeah. so when I've been asked about the show a lot of times they're like well what's it like to be the heavy what's it like to be the prick what's it like to be this And I go <laughs> uh-huh. well I said, it's funny you say that because so far at least, I said, unless you can correct me, I said, what's the evidence that any of that is true? And they're like, well, but Jimmy said, I'm like, right. I said, well, I can't speak for Jimmy. Yeah. I can't, I can't speak for his situation either. And I said, I don't think Howard does either. I said, but I don't think so far he's done anything that is deliberately manipulative and awful. Yeah. He hasn't done anything that's particularly evil. Yeah. Now, the consequences may not be settling well on other people's plates, I said, but I can't be responsible for that. Yeah. Well and put. Well that's put. a real yeah. Howard thing to say. <laughs>
7: <laughs> right?
3: I'm like,
5: who are you? Right yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I think uh, also, it,
1: you know, this, <laughs> the scene that we start off with with you here in 108, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, that was a lot of work that, that, you know, you did with Colin on, on figuring out how what what is the way that he's going to deliver this news to jimmy in the 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 mailroom scene like because there's an easy way to just be like nah, i don't care i'm just i'm gonna say this and i'm a dick but it was like finding that level of does he take the cake does he eat the cake does it what does that say if he's eating the cake how what level of like what level of of what jimmy says about you is sort of true and not true sort of like like Finding the nicest possible level of douche, I guess. You well, know, you know it, 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 was, it was finding the subtle tune of that. And it's that's
0: like, a scene though that we don't even hear. Yeah, what? So you're it's saying. all body language. So it was it's like really all, a lot yeah. of
1: discussion between. I remember this that, that that you guys talked talked it through to be like as we were blocking the scene, especially because it was a oneer. So like, what's everyone doing? And what are the what's the correct kind of like. He's not. He's not trying to make Jimmy feel bad, but he has to deliver this news, and he's this character. And the other to thing too so. is,
0: in all fairness, um, out in you know the world, you guys don't get to hear what's said, but it was actually written, and it was shot that way. I mean, there is this, the scene does exist with dialogue. Um, it was written to not have dialogue in it, and so we uh, we obviously pulled the dialogue out and just showed you know the body language but it does you guys you have a whole speech oh, in right. that No, scene. no, no. I, yeah. I remember I had
3: like uh, there's like a, a two chunk and of course look as I don't think I'm the only actor in the world to do this when they come and they go and they say like yeah we're not going to hear this <laughs> <laughs> you have to use all of your willpower to not Get defensive and not be like a, a, a baby about it, and be like, no, 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 because because I can illuminate it better if you just let me do it, or let me have another pass at it, or let me do something different. When in, indeed, as you were just saying, it's not even about that. Yeah. It's about what's the best way to convey what's going on. And then when you when you talk about the idea of like the, the discussion with Colin, where we're like, hmm, does he yeah. sit like this? Does he face him? Does he turn this way? Does he accept the cake? Does he eat the cake? Yeah. And those things become very powerful, yeah. uh, symbolically, yeah. and uh, you know. Uh,
0: and does he take the cake with him? Because it was so funny, it was funny when like, I read yeah, it. I was like, "Please, yeah. please, ah. please!" I was like, "Please don't show him throwing that cake with, like the. Yeah. Next As he, thing he does, out just yeah. throwing it, it away, through, right. exactly. Yeah. And, you know. well, But
4: this is a very important point, and 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 I have to be careful how I word this because we're doing the podcast for episode uh, eight, and we've got two more to go for this season. But let me just say this, and we can cut it out if it's too much. But there is more to learn about Howard,
7: mm-hmm.
4: Howard Hamlin, and we will learn a little more about Howard. As just this, a little bit. But but <laughs> I, you know, he. There is more. Let me just put it this way: We don't look at this guy like he's just a douchebag. Mm-hmm. By the way. If you're a writer and you're looking at a character as just a douchebag or just a hero or just a villain or just a this or just a that, just a druggist, just a mm. school teacher or a farmer, whatever, you, you're doing a disservice to the, to the character, it seems to me. So we, you know, we never looked at Howard like that. Howard is a, just like everybody in the show uh is is a is is as fully formed and complex a human being as as we can allow for with our to the limits of our talents and then we give it over to you guys. We give it over to uh we give it over to Patrick in the case of Howard and then Patrick takes it and runs with it and adds layers of complexity and that's that's to me one of the most fun things about this job is is we're we're all it's a collaborative uh, effort between the uh, the writers and the and the actors and the director and the and, and indeed all, every member of the crew in, and, and adding, but which, but it's but an additive ad,
6: uh, and, uh, effort. Yeah. You know, and we don't have to see it exactly the same way. One of the things, one of the moments I just loved on uh, Breaking Bad was sitting in the audience in one of the Academy panels. And Giancarlo. Someone asked junk The Hamada asked Giancarlo Esposito about his character, and he said, "Well, I think Gus is basically a teacher. And you know, all of us might have seen Gus as a you know a drug lord, a murderer, a coldly calculating uh, genius. But a teacher? No, I don't think I don't think that would have occurred to any of us. But that's part of that's part of the creativity." That you know that he brought to that character, he's he saw him in a different way, and that's yeah. that's what's uh, that's what's fun about this.
3: Yeah. Well, it's fun, and also, and also, by the way, just in case I was trying to make you know Howard be you know a Boy Scout, I mean, he also might think Jimmy's a douche too. That remains to be seen. Well, he you know? probably he has needs... a bit of a
4: reason too. The guy walks in, commandeers his meeting without I don't, knocking. I don't think you get to the top
3: yeah. of where you're at doing what he does, uh, running a company like that by being Mr. Nice Guy all the time, and. Uh, but I think he deals with the responsibilities which is with as much aplomb and panache as yes, possible. Yes, yes. <laughs> great panache. I, th- I think
4: awesome. uh, Howard is surprisingly uh, even, even-tempered even and, and in fact, polite to this guy who just busts in the door and starts acting like... Uh,
3: well, it speaks yeah, volumes yeah. about the value that, that Chuck has to him. Yeah. I don't he,
4: think he'd put up with it otherwise. He tears yeah. up the
3: right. check and, and interrupts he. the
0: meeting yeah. and you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I want to say him.
3: one thing, though, absolutely, in terms of... In terms of playing Howard on a practical level, uh, Jennifer Bryan uh, created costumes for me. I was going
0: to ask about that.
3: I've worn a lot of suits. I mean, uh, just you know, I look like a guy who's fallen off the main line. I'm a Kennedy-type guy. So I've played lawyers before, and I've done that sort of thing. It's been a sort of a of bread and butter, sort of, you know, the CEO who you know, takes his profits and buys hookers, whatever. But, <laughs> but in terms of suits, when, when Jennifer first started fitting me for these suits, and the tie bars, and the knit ties, and the yeah. white collars, and all those sort of things— I was first attracted to it, but then I was also, uh, I was like, oh, I don't know if that looks good. not I don't have much fashion anyways. I have a good horse sense about that to begin with. But I'm like, is this really good? And she goes, just, just wait, just try it on. And we started trying it on, and the suit itself is like putting on my uniform if I was a football player, is like putting on a suit of armor. I get yeah. to put that on, and I swear to God, I'm i am 80% there with, with with what to do because wow. the way it fits and sits on me just mm-hmm. makes me feel very much like it, well, and, I'm, and this is pretty true. I think whenever we're sitting in those conference rooms, I know in my mind, like an in inner monologue, is like, "I have the most expensive suit as anybody here. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can touch me." You know what I mean? And that's just yeah. an imperviousness or that sense of uh, protection that it affords me. And The tie bar is almost like a medallion that just yes. shines out. It's like my Wonder Woman bracelets, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really, that's right. I mean, I, Jennifer Bryan really yeah. went to town and made me, made me made uh, me made me feel great like that. And so that's a real. On a day to, day to day, day in and day out level, no matter what the situation is, that informs me yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. So I should stop buying my shoes at Target? <laughs> yeah. Ross, just for less. Okay. Time
4: yeah. to your game. <laughs> the, club, the club collar's a good yeah. touch. We too. Should, should all be dressed by Jennifer, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah indeed.
0: Um, no, you know, cool. now that you mentioned that, can you talk a little bit about what it was like when Jimmy had the same suit on?
3: Oh, in 104, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole billboard thing, absolutely, yeah. you know, and we had done we had done shots, uh, I think, during 103, you know, I was, because I, I, I wasn't sure it was coming up, and then it wasn't really until, even though I'd read it on the page, and this happens to me all the time, you'd think after years and years I'd have a better chance, uh, idea of visualizing, but, but I just don't, and so consequently... It isn't until on the day where Jimmy is actually sitting there wearing this, my wearing my suit, that it dawns on me that that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so surreal and and, and 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 fun. You know that scene was really great in the judges' chamber. Don yeah. Lewis, John so Lewis. so funny, so good, and you know and uh, and the. Uh, Bob had us in stitches because I just, I just and I just kept looking over and I'm just like is my hair really like that? <laughs> <laughs> and I also felt like he, he's not really wearing that suit the right way. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> so you know but but the actor thing all going on and then the Howard thing going on. But all that. that
0: comes through because that, that would be what Howard, what Howard would be thinking It's like. a great well, that,
4: scene. He it does is. not you wear two are my suit so, You're right. three. The three it actors is. in that scene. You yeah are it, was, are it was great. a lot of fun. You know was, yeah.
3: that's the sort of scene that you wish could you know go on for a lot longer in some respects because it was really a lot it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah. But it really was, you know, because you know, because Bob's just a just a fucking great number one man. Yeah. And so you know, he's got a load to carry, and he came in and, and just boom, 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 knocked it yeah. off a couple of different ways, got us all in stitches, did the coverage, boom, we're out, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, and then it's over, and you're like, oh, that was really so. It, so it's great That's to nice. watch it again now. You know, I'm watching it right. Everybody else, you know, at 10 o'clock on Mondays, and uh, and it unfolds for me in a way that even though I kind of know what's going on. I'm always surprised I mentioned this before I want to tell yeah, it again because yeah, yeah. in 104 as well when, uh, when it was revealed that he actually took the Kettleman's money I knew that I read it I knew about that and I'm watching the show unfold and it isn't until the moment where all of a sudden the cash is revealed and he starts trying to justify it and I literally I'm sitting there on the couch and I went oh, and I was so disappointed yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, uh, wow. that's a show you want to be a part of when you're surprised about the thing that you already know that's going to happen. You already know. Wow. Yeah. I'm
6: interested. You were disappointed. Yeah. So you were
3: disappointed in Jimmy. I was. I felt a little bit like Chuck on that. Uh, yes, I did. And you know, because I think Howard also, uh, Howard also has a, a paternal bent towards Jimmy and wants him to do well in the world. You know, and so to see that moment is is like. Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's, like, it's like finding drugs in your teenager's closet or Interesting. something like that. Wow. Interesting. That's I like really that. I like really right. that.
0: Patrick, like, um, um, what's it like to watch yourself? Are you an actor who is okay with watching yourself on? Well, I
3: don't think the show has enough of me, for starters. <laughs> 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 we'll see. Season two, you never that's you know. That's right. You never know. Uh, you know, um, what I usually don't do is watch it when we're shooting. I'm not an actor who sticks his nose in the monitor because uh, that's not my job. And that's not my business. And uh, you know, and I rely on people to, to take care of me when it comes to that, and, uh, and they do. And especially in this, in this situation, you know, between the page and the people behind the lens and everything else, I'm, I'm so well taken care of. When it comes to watching on the screen, we went to the premiere. You know, we were down at the Regal Cinemas in Los Angeles, yeah. and there we are, and it's great. And it was, you know, as an actor, it, it's, it's a fun night. It's the dog and pony show. It's the flash bulbs, and it's all the you know, you know, sunshine up your skirt, and I'll, that's a that's a nice <laughs> evening to have. Yeah. But then we sit down, and you know, the speeches have been made, and now the screen is dark, and we're about to watch it. And then I realize, oh, I, I don't know I, what this I've is. I haven't seen, seen, seen anything.
4: <laughs> wow.
3: And it starts to unfold, and I'm like, wow, wow, oh my God, this is so cool. This is great. Wow. And then, of course, I come on the screen, and I'm like holy shit, I'm in it. <laughs> and it's a thrill, and it's a thrill. I'm like, oh, I really am in it. Not like I thought they were gonna cut me out or something like that, but but you know, actors Aww. are crazy motherfuckers, right? So even though I've done it, I've done the press, I've had my picture taken, Vince and Peter put their arms around me and all that stuff, there's still that wonderful sense of surprise. I'm like, hey, there I am, Mom. Wow. You know, and uh, so it's great. I, I, I don't mind, I don't, I don't go crazy about like, uh, to answer your question directly. I don't mind looking at myself, that's okay. Uh, but yes, I pick things apart, absolutely. And, uh, and more often than not, as I get older, I'm like, what's my father doing, doing on screen?
7: <laughs>
4: I've got that a lot wow. now too, personally, me, with right? me. I'm like, I look, I look more and more like my dad, the older I get, yeah. Which is not a bad thing, it's just, yeah, you. you'd I uh, know. I know the feeling. Uh, I, just I don't that. have to see myself 40 feet high, but
6: I, I, but I know not, the feeling. I see myself as say, who made a Peter Gould Muppet?
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: Wow. Um, Patrick, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I may be wrong, but I'm just going to – I think I remember this correctly. Um, when Chris and I were having lunch with you out in Albuquerque, didn't you tell us you sort of had to, like, catch up on Breaking Bad?
3: oh yeah yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the truth is I didn't see it and the truth is I didn't see it because we watched the pilot and my wife was pregnant with our first child so she's rubbing the miracle of life and Mm. we're watching this pilot and, uh, and it finishes and she turns to me and she goes I'm not on board with this right now. <laughs> and I was very much in the in the uh, you know the the dutiful husband, uh, father to be mode. And I'm like, okay, that sounds great. So like, I think it will catch up on it eventually. But you know, the baby came, things become things, life takes yeah. over, and it didn't happen. Yeah. And then the second baby comes two years later, and you know, I got real proficient in Clifford the Big Red Dog, um, Super <laughs> wide Mickey Mouse Club. But we never got to breaking bad. So I get the job, which maybe also helped going in for the audition in retrospect, in terms of like if you want to get like cosmic about it. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing enough to know that this is a good thing, but not having not knowing enough to be like really freaked out, maybe really helped. Huh. Um, but then I got the job and so I'm like, Great, let's binge watch. So I've never binge watched before. So we start binge <laughs> watching. Now we have a four and a two year old at home. How
0: much time was there in between when you got? i got a month and, and a half, oh, okay. maybe.
3: Okay. But like I got right on it, obviously. And. Um,
4: <laughs> did the
0: four and the two year old like it? They were older than <laughs>
3: that. No, they them. did. They they couldn't stay up past ten. But here's the thing. So it, I, you know, it's it, it's one or two in the morning, and my wife and I have just watched six hours of Breaking Bad, wow. and we're like looking at one another like do you want to do another? <laughs> 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 Our children are waking up in three and a half hours, you know? And I, I felt like, like we were in college, like doing blow or something. <laughs> <laughs> because we would, be, we would be like, yeah, let's do one more, you know? And uh... And we'd stand <laughs> watching. Crazy. We look like raccoons the next day. You know,
2: it, it is. We did the same thing. We had the the house turned into like the meth house. Like the sh- the curtains are closed. The curtains. You have like the pizza boxes out. Your eyes are all red. Same thing. Oh. Totally
0: wait, same what are you place. talking about? You were there. What are you talking no, about? No, I didn't
2: come on until season four. So oh really? When I got the job. God, I keep like, right. I keep forgetting uh, that.
0: I keep forgetting that. I was I thinking you'd been so there the whole time. I wait, wait. So Nina Jack. Um, our producer, who used to be our
2: AD. Sorry, I just cut right in on you.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be used to be a great segue, though, but it used to be our AD, and so you came on in season four. Mm-hmm. Was Was Breaking Bad even on Netflix at that point? I don't even know the progression. You
2: know, I, I don't know. I think it was iTunes and DVD, oh, okay. but I, in the same embarrassing way, had also not seen it, <laughs> just in, in the work mode. When I got the job, I'm like, Time to watch, and same thing. It two and a half weeks to see three seasons, and yeah. In the meantime, Well, you took a
0: long time. (laughs) That's a long time. That's like like discipline. Leaving
2: for six months. That's very
0: disciplined because the people that I've you know heard that binge watch will do it in like what? What is the the shortest? I'll I'll tell you the thing that's amazing,
6: Kelly. The thing that amazes me is the show lasted up to season four when apparently no one was watching it yet.
0: Yeah.
4: Well, thanks to AMC. No, uh, seriously, all thanks the, to... And
0: thanks to Netflix as well. Well, well that was before Netflix. Netflix. Absolutely, yeah. but oh, really? I'm talking
4: before, yeah. I'm before, and, you know, <clears> Netflix <throat> is wonderful. i got nothing but good things to say, but AMC believed in us, and Sony yeah. believed in us, back when we had like 16 people well, it was like sunrise semester ratings uh, and, they, and they kept us on the air they really they really did and they so hats off to them eternally
0: yeah cause we we almost died the writer's strike almost killed us huh well
4: it, it, I mean at AMC they they, they believed in us uh, Charlie Collier and and uh, Ed Carroll and uh, Josh Sapan and Joel Stillerman all the good folks at AMC uh, they, they, they believed in us but Nina I felt like Nina was on uh, a lot longer than she was because Nina and I go Way back to the X Files. So the X Files, yes. yeah, yeah. To, yeah, no, to, that's
3: you
2: one. the X Files.
4: Well, I was Nina was it was, I was you,
2: the second AD you were a
4: second AD back then, mm-hmm. and I was uh, was one of the writers, and uh, so we've known you since. Uh,
2: oh, we're gonna date ourselves. Um, yeah, or like two thousand, or I got on in ninety eight. So yeah, ninety eight.
4: Yeah, because I got on ninety. Five. I got no, on seasons, uh, season season late ninety-five. I got on late ninety-five. Yeah, season and six.
2: season six is when I came to LA, and that's when oh, I okay. got. That's LA. right. I it, was, it was actually yeah. my very first job in LA. I was. Was it because <laughs> you came from Pittsburgh? <laughs> came from New York.
4: Came from New York. And
2: uh, but we, I always remember we we got uh, on the crew when we would get the scripts. It was it was one of those shows, much like Breaking Bad, like Better Call Saul. Scripts came out, and the, you, you could tell everybody wanted to just read them. Whenever every moment they got, you know, the set would get very quiet. And when it was a Vince Gilligan script, it was like everyone really wanted to read them. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, go on. <laughs> Definitely do. Yeah. They were all good. Sorry. And they I'm were all, the entire but, were, but uh, we we're always very excited to have a Vince script.
0: So, Nina, as a first AD, um, your job is to. You do a lot of scheduling of days. Our show is shot in eight days, Breaking Bad was shot in eight days. So, <laughs> you schedule the show. Yes. Um, so. And you did that for season three through five B. So five
2: for season four and then the five A. and five. five.
0: B, yeah. Um. And so when they called you and said, "Nina, we're promoting you," <laughs> I don't know how that went down, but I'm sure it went down. You know, and you like hung up the phone and went,
2: "Yeah." I I, um, I fell down. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Um. So how is your job different though, as as a non set producer? So you're not scheduling, but you you obviously help. The ads who are on the show, you want to say their names as well?
2: Yes, absolutely, because they're fantastic. We have Brett Santos and Anna Ramey, uh, our two first ads. We have fantastic ad staff all around. Um, with our second ad, Lulani, and um, uh, you know, they work as an amazing team, and they do all the scheduling. I don't, I don't get involved in their work, um, but once they've finished the schedules, they're I'll, you know, review them as well as our line producer and, and, uh, and, and our executive producer, it's a team effort to make sure that we're all headed in the right direction. Um,
0: and so you work good. closely with Melissa Bernstein mm-hmm. on set now, um, on Better Call Saul.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: And so like w- your day to day, what does that usually involve?
2: Uh, there's a lot of email. <laughs> we, yeah. we definitely. But you have to I get up at,
0: at you have to get up with the crew, right? So you're there at sunrise and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it depends. You know, some of the episodes, I would prep uh with the director and and shoot as well. Some I stayed on set all the way through. It sort of depended on on what worked best for the show. Melissa and I would determine, you know, depending on who was directing and what the episode was, you know, what, what would work best. So you know, sometimes even if if the crew call is until noon, you know, if there's meetings in the morning, you know, Melissa or I or both, we might be up early with that. And and you're there on set till the end and um but it's great because you get to be a part of it i always said you know i i love being a first ad it's a, it's a, it's 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 not it's an incredibly challenging job but it's so rewarding what you do but the one thing that always bummed me out being about being a first ad in television is you do every other episode anyone out there who has a friend who's a first ad and wonders like why their name is only in the credits like i would get these calls they'd be like did you get sick like you didn't work on all the episodes i'm like i really was working the whole time but you prep and the episodes that Mm -hmm. you prep you're not officially credited for because you're not working on those ones and it sort of takes you out of the loop as a second AD, like you know, on X Files or any of the shows I was a second. You get to really tie in everything. Your you know, most shows, not all these days, but most shows have one second AD, and you're sort of a sort of a, a, a crew uh, base camp glue as to what's going on. And suddenly I'm in this world where you're really focused and you're teamed up with the director and it's a great role, but I felt really out of it for a lot of other things. Mm. And so that was sort of one of my goals was I wanted to be able to take the experience I'd done in production for almost 20 years and, and um, you know, and, and take it and be able to add this creative level to it and bring it, you know, kind of bring it all together through the whole season and be able to help work with every episode. So. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize what I was taking, what I was asking to take on. <laughs> but oh, I, I did ask for this, didn't I? <laughs> but, well, you know, and, uh, one
0: thing I've noticed on on this show, on Breaking Bad, and I guess it just occurred to me, but um, on Breaking Bad, I noticed that um, you know our our. Co executive producer, and I guess at some point, executive producer at the time, Michelle McLaren. Yes. Um, she was our uh, exact producer. Yeah.
4: I mean, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I at, mean, at m- the before, end, yeah. Exactly. Well, before the end, uh, the last couple of years, yeah. at least.
0: But yeah. the thing was, is that she was basically, you know, a, a producer in Albuquerque. She was working in Albuquerque during production. And when uh, production would finish, she would come in and she would sit in editing. And I had never, I've never seen that before. I, in fact, I mean, I was an assistant for way too long. So I've been in a ton of editing rooms and then, you know, I've, but I have never seen that ever, ever. And I kind of thought, well, you know, Michelle is, you know, I knew that she had, she wanted to direct and I knew that she had a, you know, a huge, you know, admiration for the work that, you know, and the talent that you have Vince. And I thought that basically she wanted to, you know, come in and, and, and see, and I haven't talked to Michelle about this before, but, like I said, I've never, ever seen a producer come in and just sit in editing for the, for the another three months, you know, usually they're finished and, and, you know, they don't, I mean, they might come in and visit for one day and sit there for an hour, but n- they don't spend the time that producers spend in the room. Um, and so, uh, Michelle is not, uh, working on better call Saul as a producer anymore. Um, but Nina, you, you, are working as a producer and you did the same thing. You came in and you sat an editorial and like I said, that how, doesn't how happen could I not? anywhere I mean, else. <laughs>
2: it's like it's and the the opportunity to be able, you know, with these guys and on this show and and it's it's like those 3 months were more than any film school would ever give anybody. And I guess oh, I wanted absolutely. to
0: say uh, you know that because uh, what we were talking about earlier with Gordon is that here it's so everything is so inclusive and I, I feel like maybe it's not true, and I've never tested it before, but I almost feel like if you ask to see things here, pretty much is probably granted. Um, I remember yeah. in season two, I asked you to sit in the writers' room, and I came in for you know a couple hours a day yeah. for about four days, and it was a huge um, learning experience for me. And I, I just did feel you like, really learn from it? Maybe absolutely. I, I
4: when people say uh, I always feel a little sheepish because I'm thinking you're not. It's going to be like watching paint dry. It's like <laughs> I, think, I have permission to watch. I think th- editing you, is you, like you, watching the paint, paint dry, dry on the side of your people, barn. People, I think
0: people should be so bored in editing, but apparently they're not. You know, and
4: things happen faster in editing.
0: Though. I guess, but now, I learned. Yeah. I learned an incredible amount, and I guess what I wanted to say about all of that is that is that I, I find that every other show that I've been on, I've never seen the level of inclusion but i always feel that that level of inclusion makes always for a better show because i I remember having a conversation with you nina about and i said hey so you've never you know spent this much time in editing before and you're saying you you got a lot out of it and i know that even on shows that um when we were working in editing we would notice things and say okay you know what next time when you're on the set maybe we want to do this a little bit differently um, one of the things that we can definitely talk about now, because it happened in episode one hundred four, is that, and I never thought of this in you know in the beginning, but I remember having a conversation with you about this, is in one hundred four, uh, in the teaser when Jimmy is with Marco, Jimmy and Marco, and and uh, um, uh, Marco singing butt butt hole to smoke on the water, mm-hmm. and um, it was really hard to cut that together because every time they would start, he would start on a different pitch. And we needed it and smoke on the water is very, very, you know, it's very specific. And, uh, and he would start a different pitch, so it's hard to cut, you know, things together. And I never thought of it, but then I was talking to you and said, okay, next time this ever comes up, maybe it'd be a good idea to have a pitch pipe on set, you know? So now, you know, we know, um, you know, it was just things like that. So I would imagine that, that being included in the other meetings, you know, helps you on set. I oh, would imagine.
2: Absolutely, I'm incredibly grateful to have had the opportunity to be here all through post. And then, of course, you know, yes, as part of being in prep and on set, you know, having that tie together to help make sure. Because that's what it's all about, making yeah. sure that, you know, what's going up on these boards is is going up on screen how everybody wants. I
1: think, it's, I think it's definitely like a feedback loop between things because you learn things. You can sort of test your intuition in the edit, in editorial on like, okay, we wrote this. We felt like it, we needed it. And then you see what is absolutely necessary. What's bone and muscle when you get into editorial? And you can test, you know, just when you're observing. When I, you know, when I was observing sometimes in like seasons three and four of Breaking Bad and it was like, okay, I I feel like there should be some things, something should cut here. And you kind of, and then Vince would, you would say something or you guys would have a discussion and it'd be like... Oh, okay. So then, there's something here that you could sort of see how people are working there, and that informs how you're going to write it. That informs how you mm-hmm. want to sort of talk to the actors yeah. and talk to everybody about it. So it's definitely nothing is discrete. I feel like everything is just a cycle that feeds back into itself. Mm-hmm. So the more you can see, and the more inclusive you, when you say like, "Dude, is it like watching paint drying?" It's it's not because you're 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 feeding that back into like what what's the next part? What's the next step? What's the so it's all moving forward in a, in a circle to me
6: I think philo- nice. philosophically for me it's it's we're all we're all filmmakers you know and it's it's and, and there's it, and there's a lot of people on working on the show who have done a lot of different jobs and they they happen to be doing you know Chris for instance you happen to be happened to be assistant editor and sometimes editing but he's also he's also a filmmaker and he's he's been behind a camera and Joey you know Joey uh, who works as my assistant also you know he 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 owns a red camera and he shoots short films and it's it's uh, it's it, so it, we're all doing specific parts but it's all we're, we're kind of just like Gordon says it all it all relates it all relates to the whole yeah and, and that's and you you really you really want to keep the more the more those different parts can reinforce each other hopefully the better the product mm-hmm. is
0: yeah. So I mean, to get on with the episode, I guess we're going to buzz through this a little quickly. You know, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's all yes, really some things it's happen. All just so <laughs> it's crazy, happens. Yeah. But I mean, uh, this basically is is an episode where Jimmy realizes that in his in his new elder law practice, if you need a will, call McGill. Um, in his elder law practice, he sort of starts to realize when he's um, uh, doing a will for Mrs. Landry that, uh, boy, the, the way that this company is billing the old people is a little, too, you know, it's maybe a little hinky, a little bit. And so, you know, just to cut to the point where, so he goes to Chuck's, and he basically asks Chuck to take a look. And Chuck is like, how am I supposed to read this? You need a magnifying glass. And he looks and he's like, wow, $14 for a box of Kleenex. That's not quite right. And Jimmy says that there's a lot of them. And so basically Chuck is is saying, OK, uh, you need to get more proof, I guess? Is that...
1: I think at the point when he sends him back, it's like you need to... this is one person, it could be more people. It could be one, you know, errant billing or two. Right. So it's it's sort of, you need to gather some information. Get, get back out, get your boots on the ground and see what's up.
0: And at that point, in the writer's room, when you guys were uh, breaking the story, Gordon, um, you kind of decided to have... Uh, uh, who's the actress that plays the the assisted living? Gillian uh, Armanon. She's really great. Oh, she's wonderful. She's really yeah, great. She's I've Armanonte. seen her in so many yes. other things, and she's so funny. She's, she's great. Fantastic. She's really great. Um, and so she's kind of um, you know she's kind of caught on to the fact because Jimmy had the little conference right. with all the other uh, residents, and she kind of sees something going on. So so when you guys um, like I, I guess I said before when you guys were in the writers room breaking that. Um, how did you decide you wanted Jimmy to come back and then all of a sudden there's paper shredding and spoliating and I've never heard that word before but. Spoliation that's that's definitely that something
1: word. we owe to my, my sister she's like oh well that's spoliation about it I'm like, I'm like say that again say that again <laughs> spoliation. <laughs> spoliation I was pitching Spoliation I was so hoping Spoliation could be the title of this but that spo was spolio we could have just spolio.
6: Spolio. Spolio. Spolio, is, spolio we could have done it spolio could, could, tell me if i if i'm wrong but i the way i remember it was we were we were really thinking about jimmy where he was on the last episode he was kind of hit bottom and we thought wouldn't it be interesting if in the course of uh in the course of uh, this elder law he he got a gold nugget he got he got he got a He found a platinum mine in the middle of unused land. And wouldn't it be great if he—we already saw in the last episode he really wanted to make Kim part of his life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in this episode, to think about what wouldn't—isn't his ideal world to be working together with Chuck? Yeah. And uh, that was—I think that was kind of the germ the germ of where we started.
1: I think that was definitely—I think it was that. And we we also—what really— You know, people think of Saul Goodman as this shyster who is just like playing fast and loose with the law. But we wanted to show that he's actually a really good lawyer and that he has like he picks up on this. He pursues it. He knows things he's not. which we see of Saul Goodman, too, that he is actually a good lawyer, Mm -hmm. even if he's playing fast and loose with the law. And so we wanted to kind of prove that out. This is a case that he finds on his own. He picks up that he picks up the pieces. He pursues it. And like. He he knows what he's doing, and yeah. so even in a, a complicated thinking on his feet kind of way, so.
0: he even picks up something Chuck seemingly does exactly. not. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I wanted to mention because you reminded me, Peter, actually, that I didn't want to uh, skim over this. There's a moment in the teaser when Jimmy has basically, you know, gotten into the bar um, and under Chuck's nose, and you know, yes, he he went to a, a what do you call it a correspondence correspondence school. school. That's right. Um, and 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 it was funny because when I was cutting that scene, it was like Chuck is saying, I mean uh, Jimmy is saying, so Chuck, are you are you proud of me? You know, mm-hmm. Jimmy loves Chuck. Mm-hmm. Jimmy loves Chuck, and Chuck just does not give Jimmy what Jimmy needs. He's it's so it's very sad, mm-hmm. but Jimmy so loves Chuck. And I wanted to bring that up because what you just said about how much Jimmy wants to work with Chuck, mm-hmm. this is a huge thing for him. And so when Chuck finally sees... Chuck loves his brother, but it
4: does seem, in that one moment, it seems a little asymmetric. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jimmy uh, throws his arms around his brother and gives him a big hug, and, and Chuck is a little more restrained.
6: But uh,
4: I was yeah, thinking more asymale.
0: of the moment when he says, so you're proud of me? And Chuck's just like... Yeah. Oh,
7: yeah, mm-hmm. huh? no, oh, yeah. Yeah. Chuck, <laughs> yeah, Chuck,
6: yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful <laughs> moment that Michael that made. Is he, he's wonderful almost, it's almost like he's, huh? he's, he's, he's being uh, snapped out of a yeah. trance at that point. Yeah. It's really beautiful.
4: It's just he's so he's so surprised his brother yeah. a that his brother did this on his own without without telling him and b that that he accomplished it right mm-hmm. I mean that's a big surprise to him that is such a great one or two, uh, Patrick uh, between you and uh, well actually uh, Ray and the and the two mailroom uh, guys both those gentlemen did a oh, great yeah, job yeah. Mm-hmm. but that 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 final water and you know we have not mentioned yet the name Colin Buxey. Uh this is right. Colin's second episode. We were talking earlier about the great scene in one oh four that Colin directed as well. Mm-hmm. Colin's the only director uh of the first season of Better Call Saul who directed two episodes. That's right. He's great. Can man. I tell a Colin story real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: This goes back to 104. This is the uh the billboard scene. <clears throat> Ray and I are uh it's our first time together without Bob anywhere. It's it's a realization of like as yeah. we're shooting the show, we're like, Oh, this is just this is just Ray and I. This is like, you know, outside of the Bob universe you know we're branching out so it's great and i'm in the jaguar and we come driving up and it's, it's it's a pretty kids it's a pretty simple scene get out of the car walk to the billboard and say your lines so uh you <laughs> and know and the
0: billboard was really up there is it really up
3: too. there so,
6: so is this really what he said to you these kids
3: no 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 no, no, no I'm, I'm just I'm, to the kids out there to the kids out there who <laughs> are acting it's it's not that hard so we we do it and i think i'm jacked up in my brain cuz I don't know, Colin's English, and you want to impress him, and, uh, hey, Americans can do it too, and maybe I'll... Uh, <laughs> somehow I get it in my brain that I'm going to throw it to the back of the house. So I go do this take, and uh, and we hear Colin back, you know, about 50 yards away. He goes, cut! And he takes his headphones off. You know, actors like like Turkey start looking back for the approval, the thumbs up, the thumbs down. <laughs> Colin takes his headphones off and starts walking up, and he saunters up to me, and, uh, and he just goes... A bit much. (laughs) 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 I go, yeah. Yeah, I I know what you mean. He just passed me with a fatherly, just a hand on my shoulder. He goes, good. And and I knew what he was talking about. You know, I'm playing to the back of the house and all that stuff. And literally, you know, then uh, we we do it again, and and he's just like, great, moving on, and all that stuff. A bit much. Yes.
0: I I love how you said he saunters because he does. He saunters. He always has the best socks, too. Yeah, he, does have he great wears, socks he's a, yeah. Uh, he has a
4: great, uh, really a, a, a snappy uh, striped socks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, I was watching an old episode of Miami Vice uh, uh, on the L Ray Network a uh, couple a week or two back, and lo and behold, it's a uh, talent Colin he directed. Wow. He did a lot of Miami Vices. He's really? a great director, and of course, the first time I ever worked with him was on uh, Night Stalker Frank Spence's show. Yeah. That's how I got to know Colin. He's uh, he's great.
0: Um, Nina and Gordon. Can you talk to us about the dumpster scene? You were there.
4: Yes, yes. Um,
1: well, the dumpsters, it's its obviously in two two parts we did. We had a dumpster on stage so that it, we could put Bob in. Yeah, and especially built one closer. that was a little larger. Yeah, yeah. That was, one that was larger that we so could, could we light. figure I,
0: well, How did you guys light it, I should ask Arthur, oh, I it's, guess. It's, but it's all flashlight, or? We had, mostly it's just the flashlight, yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, we had like a, an exterior light, but then uh, that really didn't end up for any of the close work uh, and props. being anything. It's it's basically just a flashlight. What did props have
0: to, I mean, how, what did, where did this oh, food come that, from? So That, gross. that, is, that is real garbage. It's, re, it's sandwich. It really 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 like you know. it. No way. You'd
2: like to think like, oh, they must have fake coffee grounds and fake rubber lettuce. And but there was and like all
1: no. real, <laughs> it real garbage. It was real garbage in was the sense. it was picked
0: f- garbage, right? But it wasn't
1: they picked it out of trash. It's like no, They took food and coffee grounds and so forth. What was the
4: poopy diaper made of? That was real. The poopy diaper uh, I helped out with that problem. I already talked about some of
1: the things that I've done to get this job <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: I still can't watch that without just completely I, actually oh, it, so it makes the so gorge rise in it your is
4: throat is it really does
1: horrific really
2: does. And you know, what I mean, was it seriously Vince has a I, great a laugh smear, too just, cause some, I don't know actually I think it was
0: coffee or breakfast. Breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I think when he <laughs> saw that the first time it was like he just busted out laughing I, I was yeah like, i can't believe it <laughs> yeah.
1: and i mean bob when he got to that scene um he really wanted to like he, he really wanted to throw himself in that was his urge yeah. it was scripted that he kind of because it's so stinky that it's like he'd recoil and we felt that like it made more sense for him to kind of really be trying with all his might to stay out of this filthy dumpster so that we could kind of feel how filthy it was but bob was like no i really want to i guess got to." Kind of falling because it's actually very difficult to climb into a dumpster if you've never done it, yeah. and so he thought it felt made, felt good to him. And I was like, well, you know, we need to get one that doesn't doesn't do that. And he's like, well, I don't want to be the kind of guy that wants to stay clean so that I, I I have less time in the makeup chair. He was he's like, you see all these guys that clearly. They're acting and they just want to, they want to phone it in and kind of not commit. And he, he was so wanted to commit. He wanted to throw himself bodily into this dumpster because he didn't want to be the kind of number one on the call sheet that was, like, more concerned about how much time the resets would take and more, how much time the, like... Extra makeup and reset because it's matching every things, time very difficult.
0: he would get out of there, you guys would have We'd to basically, every have to take, hose him off, yeah, and, and, like, and, reset and, and change and his clothes. So okay,
1: look good. So he was more concerned about making sure that he was okay. committed, and it was like, It's okay, we've got that. We <laughs> believe me, we've got you committed, you know, like you can, you can now, now let's do one that's a little more like reserved. It's like, Okay, all right, and, and, and he's so cool
2: at, yeah. at the uh, when we were doing the location scene when he's getting out. And what ended up on film was oh, yeah. actually one that or show when he fell, oh, when he wow. fell <laughs> which was, a that, was a <laughs> that was a mistake. That was
4: a uh, he actually fell down. Yes, right?
2: he actually <laughs> did, hurt and, his hand. and he was not. Yeah, so yes. so it's it's a tribute to the amount of effort and work that he put into it by actually using the take where he physically did hurt himself. Yeah, we've uh, kind
4: of uh, had a long distinguished or I don't know we've done that a lot on on the previous show Uh, Mm -hmm. there was a time uh, Aaron Paul had to go to the hospital with a concussion Mm -hmm. when Tuco threw him through a screen door and we used that take and there was another take where Aaron fell down and hurt himself and we used that take it's this is I, a
0: warning, Patrick. This yeah. is like, a <laughs> <laughs> Patrick you know those stairs at Hamlin, Hamlin and McGill. Yeah. <laughs> Get, ready. Get the but it's, ready. And it's not a, it's not about
4: it's not some gleeful ooh, they hurt himself on this, let's use it. It's it's almost like a tribute to they left it all in the field. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. troopers. Let's use it. Let's use it, yeah. Yeah. So that's a that that dumpster scene is great. So there was not Not so obvious, actually, it's because it's so beautifully shot and and edited and, and whatnot that, that it was the ins- interior was shot at a whole different time. So the yeah, interior you're saying was shot on a soundstage. Interior. was it a dumpster that was cut? Cut apart so you could only have two sides of it, I or don't
7: think we, did. we oh, talked you put about the camera that.
0: guys inside yeah, too. We, we yeah, we discussed
2: having like removable <laughs> with walls, the trash. But yes, cameras are actually in there <laughs> with net you know there. the red camera able to keep it so yeah, small that they're yeah. able to get in there and and work with them. And you know we're just using that one flashlight. So no camera
4: hole cut and well uh, used with a no. torch cut mm-hmm. out of the hole cut out of the side. No, none anything? of that movie magic. Wow, really? Down, down wow. and dirty. I didn't know dirty.
1: that. Literally. So everyone was really. I think
0: I did have the sense of the. That though because it just felt like there was yeah there was just that much space I just never thought about the fact that they were in there with the garbage too
4: was it a new dumpster or was it an old one that had been steam cleaned out before you guys used it or
2: yeah I'm trying to I I think it was one it was one they modified okay. because it was it was made to be bigger Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Did they pump like any kind of air? Did they give a, like a hole for like? No, air? I mean
2: the, the the cover was there's, off. We shot it on stage, so it is all bl- you know. The stage is you know there's no lights on, so really it simulates the
0: covers it. off.
3: The, yeah, there's I never for got you. that. The covers off, it's we're okay. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, I was the actors no fine. the cover <laughs> were the, were
1: the camera guys basically. Was I wasn't even lives. caring about the actors. I was caring I more about the camera guys. <laughs> no but there's oh. you know there's two sides to the lid and so the side that we see him get in on and he pulls down oh, you right, know, right. eventually and is sitting there but the other one so where split, the, lid, really? yeah, the split lid really yeah. split lid wow so the, the, it, just as it is on, on set so it's like they had that up and it was oh I did not know that because I couldn't where the light was coming from so that oh. the lid, lid coming down blocked everything yeah. and you could
7: you could just shoot and in and it and
2: that's in pretty shout cool. out to uh to our prop department actually for the entire episode oh, for all yeah. the paperwork and then when we were doing the uh the location piece there is a shot where it the the dumpster sort of shaking a little bit because, you know, ostensibly Jimmy is inside trying to find things. It was actually yeah. Matt Fade, our prop guy in there. Oh, really? That was the real it. dumpster. So. So wow. the, uh, the,
0: but the phone call with uh, with Schweikert, um, played by Dennis Boutiqueiros. Oh, was Dennis fantastic. is great. Um, Dennis was great um, but was, he, on set? was he on that? set to make that phone call as well?
2: He was doing the off-camera, yeah, okay. yeah. Nice. But that actually, we did that quite a bit, and um, sometimes because you know everyone's stuck in Albuquerque, so of course we're gonna make them come to set and do their off-camera. <laughs> but no, it was it was actually a great team effort uh, by so many of our cast through the whole season, where everybody would be there for uh, their off-camera phone calls, which just makes it so much better. Yeah,
0: yeah. it does. And Jen, then uh,
5: Jen Carroll tells me that all of those documents that the props department make are legit, like mm-hmm. every single one, yeah, even even, even on. though even though they're all shredded up. Right, we basically that anything. That gets beaten, this is the
1: magic of 4K. Is like anything that gets shot, you can assume
0: that. do we shoot? Can blow I thought it we shoot in seat. 5K. 5K. I, I think I think we we shoot it. 5K. We yeah, in 4.
4: Technically, yeah, We'll hear more uh, in another podcast Crazy. from Arthur, great the great Arthur Albert, who will yeah, explain some of this stuff. But yeah. suffice it to say, back in the day, you you would make fake documents. You you put fill them with literally with Latin. Yeah. Because you couldn't read Latin. them, but now you read every goddamn thing. It makes life very hard. Yeah. Well, so we course. we
1: had again, this is the the testament to the team here who we had Heather and Jen and Micah and Joey and just ever it was an all hands on deck to like generate these documents that were going to be. Design Shredded. and they'd be back and forth with um, with Jason in the, in the props department to like design them and make them look good and then we would shred them and then we'd you know mess and them you up never and, knew... it, but you needed to know to have all of that detail because you were gonna see it yeah so.
2: you didn't know what you were gonna see so if it was a document that was like you know twenty pages you yeah. had to make sure every single page because it's like you can't say oh we're only gonna see page seven yeah. you don't know that plus know. that nice. demand
1: letter also had to go to my sister so it was like yeah. there's just all these le- oh, levels oh the
0: demand of... letter on the toilet paper
1: well yeah I mean we wrote it we wrote it clean. And then I sent clean I know, toilet it, paper. Clean, no, I just, like you know, typed it up, like and, the and went back and forth, and figured out what seemed like the right length and what the right language would be, and then sent it to her. And then we sort of rejiggered it from the kind of like clean document that like that gets faxed to Schweikard. Right. That was modified to be written on the toilet who's, paper.
4: Whose handwriting is that? Is it Bob's or is it? No,
1: is it? It's not Bob's. Is it? Because It was. I think it was actually Jason mocking up.
2: Bob did a lot of his he own did. handwriting, but I think that was by then Jason was learning yeah. uh, how to mock up. I remember because
1: we had like five or six different lengths to, to show yeah. different p- p- starts of the. That we didn't want to have him sit there and just write. No, them no, that and, uh, and we, one, we needed it to not, be not that certain, he wouldn't be game to, it he just would have taken all day. It would have taken all day, and yeah. we wanted it to have a certain length of paper and yeah. a length, and we wouldn't right. have actually been able to fit the the document on in the speed. It, that we you wanted know, to, you so. have a great
2: job when when you know at the end of end of the day, it's like, what did you do today? Oh, we got to test out. Uh, thicknesses of toilet paper and how well you can write on toilet paper. <laughs> what yeah. works best and what runs. <laughs>
1: that was the last thing we shot at like yeah. three in the morning on the last day. Well, oh so, was
4: it? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. So um And Mrs Mrs. Land- I'm sorry. Ben. Mrs. Landry too. I want to give her a shout out. Oh, she yeah, was fantastic. great. She's, She's great. Awesome. I just didn't want to forget Gina her and from, and she,
6: she was uh, she was cast in, in episode seven without without was. knowing without knowing that,
5: that she would be coming back. And yeah.
0: did you
7: know
6: that that Hydrox box, I'm also
5: told by Jen Carroll, was sent, fr- uh, it's an original from 2002 when the company shut down production and then the props team recreated that vintage box I was from say, an original.
0: I was going to oh. say, because Hydrox, I haven't heard from from them in a long Hydrox time. Hydrox is good. Yes. It's Those like were actual
2: Hydrox cookies too. I, we tried them out. It was like they wow. No, yeah. no, so they're I had, was like, That but, seems like
5: a mistake.
4: <laughs> no, but no, but they are making them again, I yeah, believe. They are. But, yeah, they're But, have but, back but out. we needed an old container from mm-hmm. 2002. No, the Hydrox people were very nice, mm-hmm. and it's a very good cookie. And I'm not just saying that because they were nice to us. <laughs> I grew up is. on Hydrox. I never right had.
1: A, I never got to have Oreos as a kid. I don't know why, but like my grandparents, which was the only place I would ever get that kind of cookie, they always had Hydrox, and I loved them. And I was like, okay, great. So I'm much more used to Hydrox than I am. That's why Gordon became a writer. <laughs> I think
4: hydrox, i, I, I got to wonder about the name because it sounds like rocket fuel, hydrogen yeah. and oxygen. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like –
1: I think it may actually be that, hydrox, because it's hydro, like hydrogenated – corn the, the, the filling oh. is, hy- is some form of that. That's what like hydrogenated fats are. So it's basically What's a just, red so
0: cookie. You get it. <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> hey,
4: it's good stuff. Anyway. So, rocket so. fuel cookies.
0: So basically, uh, uh, Jimmy gets all these shreds of paper. We have this montage that, that he's trying to put this stuff together. Chris and I cut that together. You
4: you guys did a great job Thank cutting you. that montage. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Um, and then uh, and then Chuck comes downstairs and sees Jimmy's been working all night. Can we
4: talk about the music in that montage? You okay. want to talk about it? The great Galt McDermott?
6: Galt McDermott, yes. <laughs> this, the song that's played there, Galt McDermott's uh, Coffee Cold. The tune was originally used in... Thomas, Thomas, movie, Thomas Crown, Thomas, 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 Crownifer. Thomas Crownifer. It's the Thomas Crown Affairs, the famous the chess scene. scene, and it's uh, it's it's a, it's a great. So I I one of the things I love about the, the show is the way uh, th- Thomas is is stuffing it with wonderful jazz. Uh, yeah. and there's, there's, it's it's got a really different different tone to it uh, yeah. from the other from the other, any other show I've seen, and it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful kind of hip laid back yeah. piano driven tune. It's a
4: great piece of music, uh, Mr. McDermott. Uh, wrote it back in, I mean, the movie came out in 1968. I believe that's the original version for the movie. And and he, I believe he's still with us up in Canada. And I hope he's around for many, many more years. But he's a wonderful musician. It was great getting it in the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the coffee cold.
0: So Chuck comes downstairs and sees what Jimmy's been up to all night. And and he thinks that Jimmy is, you know, up to his old shenanigans and has robbed the uh, or stolen the shreds. But Jimmy says no, no, no. They were in plain view. Where, where did it? I mean, where did you get this, Gordon? About about vagrants and 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 varmints okay. so or whatever. The hobo can make them yeah, the, the hobo can use yeah. it as well. Yeah.
1: I mean that is. We we did some research, uh, in in the room and we tried to look that up and then I you know talked to my sister about it. And again, it's the, we 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 try and get close as close as possible. I think we 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 want to be accurate, but. There are so many precise things about the law that it's like, well, we're, as long as we're, we're within sort of spit and distance, I feel like we're good. And this is this is one of those where so Chuck is like, yeah, more or less. There are some evidentiary concerns that you know he he, he brushes past. But basically, yeah, if you if you have a a uh, uh, you know if you have something on public property, especially waste, this is why people have. Lock their 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 waste products, or they have secure shredding. We have secure shredding for all our documents here, because it's mm-hmm. like if you're we throwing it out, then they're public. That. They're basically <laughs> public records. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. so, um, yeah. so uh, Chuck cannot. Uh, he doesn't want to like miss a puzzle. So Jimmy's been up all night, and Chuck kind of takes over the job and finds what you guys are calling the smoking gun, where it's uh, interstate mm-hmm. um, use of the of the uh it's mail across of the mail nine, too. yeah um, and so uh, they send Schweikert and his partners basically this information and so Schweikert and company letter yeah Schweikert and company come to the house they have to mm-hmm. because Chuck's not going out and um, and they have this nice meeting well it's not really a nice meeting but basically Schweikert says hey, I'll give you guys you know 100 100,000 you know, And then Jimmy's like, uh, I think you better rethink this, right? Mm-hmm. And so Jimmy's about to make his demand. Well, what do you think that demand would have been? I'm or did you guys sure. discuss it at we all? We did discuss it.
1: I'm not sure where well, we landed. It certainly, says, I think it was around him. sorry.
6: Yeah, I'm sorry, but doesn't Jimmy say tell Kim that, that he thinks it, yeah. could be, it could go as high as a million dollars? And that's, that's really the ceiling of his ambition yeah. there, I think. Is yeah. that, yeah. that right we talked. yeah,
1: he said it's like one, maybe two million. Yeah. So it's like that's 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 what he's thinking is like, ooh, maybe we could get a couple of million dollars, which is still a, a big payday. A hundred thousand dollars is a big payday, but um yeah, so that's that's I think where we're, where they're seeing
0: And that. then Chuck blurts out, who has not been like a part of this meeting hardly at all. Right. All of a sudden twenty million dollars. Yeah. yeah. And, and we had to
1: we had to <laughs> figure out, I mean, this again, this was a place where you know, we had a conversation about it, Vince and Peter and I, and and we enlisted uh, Ace math skills from mathlete Jen Carroll uh, to <laughs> to check out and make sure that like all of our numbers were adding up, and like the how, because we, you know, we're saying okay, if each one is bilked this amount of money, and then this is amount of the damages would be, and then this is amount that would be with the sort of penalty, and there's all sorts of other things that sort of pertain. So it's a rough ballpark, but. Chuck's Chuck's not actually inflating this beyond a reasonable. So this place. is yeah.
4: a li- conceivably it's legitimate. It's conceivably a, 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 a Rico case, right? Yeah, with a Rico case with a and capo, And there's capper.
1: also, I mean, um, unfair and deceptive trade practices often have the same kind of things where you can like you'll double uh, uh, damages on things. I think New Mexico's is like that.
4: Wow, mm-hmm. so, interesting. But oh. I
6: think the, the cool part for me, in addition to the uh, the great legal work that you did there, was is, is the emotional feeling of these brothers working mm-hmm. together. And and just and just how 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 happy Jimmy is there. This is this is this is a high point for him, I think, so far. In, and also this, how Ch- how happy Chuck is, yeah,
0: because he's working again. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I guess that's what I was thinking when when uh, I was talking about him bringing the uh, Jimmy bringing the shreds home. Chuck just. Yeah. I think he wants something to do. He does, he does. <laughs> Which we sort of
1: had planted with Jimmy bringing the, the, the wills that he brought yeah. by as like, a oh, it's a storage place that is a little bit of like, he knows that. Chuck, Chuck's been stuck here. He's a, he's a brain in a bottle, essentially. And it's right. like, he wants to be useful. And he's, yeah. we, we've talked about him being a guy who kind of lives to work, and he's kind of cut off from that in this mm-hmm. position. So
0: mm-hmm. um, so the, one of the other things that you guys did in this script is you kept Ma- Mike alive and his relationship with the vet. So basically, Mike has decided to look for alternative work.
5: The mm-hmm. Brilliant Joe DeRosa. Yes.
0: Brilliant
1: Joe
5: DeRosa. I love Joe DeRosa. He's yeah. great.
4: Joe is great. Uh, and uh, Dad does look from he this scene. He plays the vet. He Joe plays DeRosa. the vet, and it does indeed look okay. like uh, Mike may be uh, moving out of the booth or, or at least doing some extracurricular activity outside mm-hmm. of the booth. Potentially, uh, that may be in the offing.
6: So, so so, Gordon. Sorry. Do you think that some you always have to bring an animal if you're going to try to get a job with a vet? I think so. I think that's
1: just <laughs> just that's checking. Like it's just a good, checking. I think that's that's. It's like a sacrifice. You just a sacrifice. bring it. <laughs> throws them on the
2: pile. The, cute, the cuter, the better. Exactly. exactly. Although watching, I will say one of the highlights of the season was watching Jonathan Banks, who we love dearly and is amazing, <laughs> But with that dog and. The, in the waiting room, you know, trying to get him to pay to pay attention, or you know, to to do what it had to do, and some of the outtakes of Jonathan with this dog who would not sit still <laughs> and keep him on the lap, or go where he had to go, or just are really pretty priceless. Don't yeah. make
4: me punch you in the fucking yeah. yard. <laughs> <laughs> Did say that to the dog? Like he says to us? No. no.
0: So I guess last but not least, um, uh, Jimmy comes home uh, with more uh, clients, probably more information for the case. And he's really, really tired, so he sort of takes a little nap on the couch. And and Chuck needs something. And um, I guess this is the first time that we're sort of seeing Chuck kind of not think about going outside and not think about his condition. He just he's on such a tear with his with uh, um, his his new I guess goal, his work thing, that he's going to go outside. So how'd you guys um, come up with that? Or what were gosh, you guys thinking? Because he has been outside before. Has.
1: Well, actually, I think the, gosh, the, the original Genesis, we had a version of it where it was like um, there's a power outage. We just loved, we wanted to get him out of that house even just as a moment of relief for him because it just felt like, you know, he'd, he'd been suffering for, with this disease for so long. And then we thought, well, what, what reasonably at this point in his journey is going to get him outside? And... Uh, it was it was work. If he could be so absorbed and so focused that it would kind of take the relief off of this this condition that he's been suffering from, uh, and then it was just a matter of figuring out what you know what how would that work? Because it didn't you didn't want it to look like he just that it was he dropped the condition or something, or that it was that it was mm-hmm. all all faky or something like that. And I think we also. Uh, we built on that the the scene from from seven where he was like trying to get to get out yeah. he was trying he was so he was really feeling this and suffering it um but that there was a breakthrough here so
0: but the other thing too is not only do you have him going outside with the with like a pen in it, pen pen or pencil in his mouth he touches the phone, which he mm-hmm. he, he goes and he, he doesn't even think about it. He opens the thing, he touches the phone, he grabs the uh, key the fog. key fob with mm-hmm. a battery in it, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even think about those things. And yeah,
1: and that was also a really great, that was a lot of work that Colin did with the, with the staging because uh, there was talk of like, oh, is he going to, are we going to shoot this like it's, like there's suspense? Is he going to touch the door? Is he going to touch that, is he going to touch that phone? And it was like, no, he just, he does it because we're, we're with Chuck and we're in his head yeah. and, and Chuck mm-hmm. doesn't and but this isn't a horror it. movie he's yeah. not thinking about it and we mm-hmm. go oh, like yeah. I I'd at least do it's like you get a little bit of that charge of like oh no Chuck oh no Like, but yeah.
0: and then all of a sudden Jimmy comes out and he's like Chuck yeah. and Chuck is like not even thinking about it and he just looks at Jimmy and I love that big wide shot at the end where Chuck drops the box.
7: Mm-hmm. I
4: liken it to when Wiley Coyote walks off the edge of the cliff. And just so long as he doesn't know he's off the edge of the cliff, he stays suspended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yes. yes, yes. And I, I think that's a great and run analogy. Run boop, 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 and he yeah. points, and yeah. Then, yeah. then he looks down, and then he falls. Yeah, exactly. That's the exactly. I see. Yeah.
2: It always comes back to the cartoons. It yeah. does. <laughs> Steal from the
4: best.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Well, again, another long one.
4: Well, hopefully a good one.
0: Yeah, it was fun for us anyway. I think we had a good yeah. time. Did you have a good time, Patrick? Absolutely. Thank you very good. much. Totally. Nina, do you have a good time. Totally great.
4: Can we have one quick? Uh, I want to. Can we talk about uh, Patrick's uh, avocation when yeah. he's not acting? My avocation. The the oh. wonderful uh, gift uh, you gave to us. Oh yeah,
3: I, I, I gotta let you know uh, those pickles are going national.
4: Are they? Yeah,
3: really? uh, I just did. Um,
0: Wait a minute! Start oh, from the beginning. Is. I've never Those heard this.
3: Those pickles? What pickles? I, well, I've, run, I've run out of I've run out of uh, uh, you know flowers and champagne and gifts and whatnot through the holidays and thank you gifts. And so I started uh, making pickles a couple of years ago. And, okay. <laughs> uh, and most people don't make pickles for themselves, so it's a great treat. Plus, it's a great re-gift. If you're given pickles from somebody, you're like, oh, I'm going to a party. I'll take Wait, this. Wait, so
0: you, do you, you grow them in a garden? Instead? I don't
3: grow the pickles themselves. That's the next step up, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I take care of the whole thing, and I, and, I, and, I, and I give them out. And I gave all the writers uh, halfway through uh, – uh, the season, I just stopped in and gave everybody pickles, and they and, are delicious. They are, they are, so they are cucumber
4: yeah. uh, dill cucumber. You're like cu- the Walter White pickles, of pickles, right? uh,
3: a little bit. But I I, <laughs> uh, I was on a I was on a show yesterday the uh, on the Hallmark Channel the the Home and Family Show and Christine Ferrara and yeah uh, yeah I yeah. took them pickles and so they want to, they want me to come back and actually uh, show them how I make them and nice. stuff like that. So who knows? you can't do that. Man. When, when does that no, air? I totally can do it. It, it, it like a Newman's Own. It'll be Hamlin's uh, handmade. pickles. <laughs> don't don't, don't give away <laughs> the secret. There we go.
0: Walt never gave away the secret of the blue. Don't, don't That's we uh, won't be the secret, yeah. And like, <laughs> <can laughs> give it away
3: to charity, or, or better yet. Keep all the money for myself. <laughs> <laughs> the best charity of all okay, you yourself.
4: But so when the the show you did yesterday, when's it going to be on? Is it? It's
3: going to be on actually tomorrow. So those of you who are listening, it already happened. Oh, yeah. Sorry.
4: Yeah. <laughs> all right. But it was well, great. It was really it. it was really
3: good. It was uh, keep
6: keep watching and maybe keep keep watching that show. and maybe You'll it. get
3: the secret of the pickles. Absolutely. Yeah. Or Pat. call my mother because she'll she'll definitely watch it. It's 10 a.m. on the Hallmark you know, station. So <laughs> she'll <laughs> be there. Well,
4: you know what? By the way, I mean it, it will have passed by the time they hear this, but people can always YouTube it. What so what? What show again?
3: Uh, it's the Home and Family show and family. on Hallmark, Hallmark Channel, Channel, and it's on 10 a.m. on uh, five days a week. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Are you on Twitter at all, Patrick? I am on Twitter at Patrick Fabian, and uh, you know you can always do at Better Call Saul and hashtag Better Call Saul and uh, events. Where are you in the? Well, we we talked about this Twitter. last episode. <laughs> we we talked about this last episode. Is it, is it gonna happen? My, Never.
4: My hashtag, I think I said in the last one, is shoot me in the head if I'm ever on
3: Twitter.
7: That actually would not be so so a hashtag. hashtag.
0: That would be an ampersand. <laughs> really? I, I don't know
5: what somebody's gonna means. get that now. <laughs> <laughs> you know. they they are, they are, and welcome to it. There we go. Nina, you're on Twitter, right?
2: I am. Do you want to
5: say who you are so people can find it? Nc Jack. What is it again?
2: Nc Jack. All right. Short and sweet. More, more. What about you,
5: to tweet? Gordon? Yours is really easy to spell. No, right? it's
1: not. It, it's more. It's probably easier for for people to like look me up through other people here than it is for me to say it. All right. Should I say it? I can. I mean, it's from a from an Italian horror film that I like it's morte amore." Ah,
0: That's not that I hard. wondered about cool. that Amorte yeah. amore." Yeah.
4: And Nina, are you going to do another Iron Man? Nina, I got to give a shout out. Nina's done Nina two Iron a, Man triathlons. Is an
0: Iron Man. Patrick also does triathlon. Oh, oh, seriously? Cool. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, But, but not oh. Iron Man. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm vain. I'm not crazy. So that's <laughs>
4: Wow. I am so impressed with both of y'all.
2: <laughs> we have a that lot is, in common. Actually, that is astonishing. Yeah. We, we've uh, you we've, make pickles too? No, well that, oh. that 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 I have to now do. We were both from we're Pittsburgh, Penn at Pittsburgh oh, and right, Penn State. Oh right, right.
3: We both were born in Pittsburgh. Number
2: oh, one party oh. school. Penn State.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: And uh, and yes, found out we had triathlon in common. No, I am I am not. I did uh, my second one in November and. Uh, I'm happily doing a lot of yoga now. <laughs> Taking a big wow. break from you did, triathlon. You did a producing
6: triathlon <laughs> yeah,
2: with these 10 there's episodes. Plenty, there's plenty going on at the moment, which I'm very happy about. So, so we'll see.
4: If I'd done a triathlon, I'd be a head in a jar right now. <laughs> well, I would have drowned in the first the first of the three events, actually. What I would have done. I don't think so. But uh, no, I am very impressed. Hats off to well, both of you. Awesome. And I guess we should call it uh, call it a ramp. Well, we yeah. Well,
5: one more thing, Peter. You're at Peter Gould. I'm at Peter Gould. Kelly yeah. I follow you. I follow is you. at is Kelly no, Dixon. I'm going to start following uh, you. Boy. I'm at Chris Michaela, Twitter, Instagram. That's it. Know. Just give it that, <laughs> because that peop, a lot of people have asked me how do I find everybody. It's that's just a good thing Why at the end of Bumper. It up. I mean, we, seems have to you give given it. yours?
0: No, but I people just gave seem it. to find it. At me. Kelly Dixon. <laughs> now
5: you'll have more people find
0: it. Now you're it. outed. Uh, so I guess that's, uh, yeah, we should wrap it up. Because we have another one to do. Yep. Um, uh, I want to thank everybody for coming in on a Saturday, Patrick. Absolutely. Nina. Thank you. Gordon, so appreciate it. Vince, Peter, thanks for having as us. Always, yeah. What fun. Chris, you got absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, also, a shout out to our support staff, Jenny and Joey. Thank you, Jenny and Joey. Thank Yay! Yay. And, Joey. Yay. Yay. Um, <laughs> and uh, so uh, we will see you guys uh, next week with episode 109. 109 is. Did we titled say Jenny
4: and Joey? Jen and did Joey? I? Sh- <laughs> did I <laughs> say? I thought
0: I said Jen and Joey.
4: Maybe it did. I'm sorry. I'm getting <laughs> Jen, slap happy. Jen Carroll and Joey Lou. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> Jen and Joey.
0: Um, what's the what's the episode next week called?
4: Next episode 109, 109 is
2: Pimento. Oh, wait, did you guys pimento. name it Pimento? Mm-hmm.
4: I guess Tom Yay. did. Pimento. pimento. Pimento,
2: love it.
0: Pimento.
4: pimento. All
2: right. So, it's a
0: good uh, one.
4: It's, it's a good one. It's a, it's Don't a, miss it. It's a great one.
2: Delicious.
0: And yes. Yeah. So, uh we will see you guys then. And uh thank you everybody uh, for listening and uh so I'll uh, let Bob take us out.
7: Better call
6: Saul. Yeah! yeah. Yay. <laughs>